church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Um, as we were praying up here this morning, I just, um, I've had a really quiet morning, which is so nice. Um, I've had a really quiet morning, and um, up here I felt like, oh, this is like Christmas. Like, Lord, what, do you, what gifts do you have to pour out on us today? Because I'm in a quiet place this morning, and I, I have a sense like, of sweetness. Like, Lord, is it going to be, because you all have been here when we've had a, a service when it's just been so sweet. And that's the only word to describe it is like this sweet presence of God. Um, and it's just filled with love and encouragement. And then I was like, oh, but maybe you'll move in power. And we've had services where he has moved with power. And there, I mean, people have flooded the altar and we've just laid hands on people and prophesied and, and God has met people in that way. And then I just was like, it's like Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, the gifts that God is going to pour out on us this morning. But what I do know is one, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father in heaven. And that there's nothing else in my life that can compare. And all the wonderful things I have in my life can't even compare um, to the presence of God. And the second thing I do know is that when we press into his presence and when we take that time, I think you all have noticed, we take our time. Sometimes we leave this pause, this space, um, for the Holy Spirit and for the presence of God to speak and to move in whatever way he wants to. And when you, what I know is that when you do that, when you make a space for him and when you press into him and you just, just a short pause, he comes and he's faithful and he fills us. Um, so that's the second thing I know is that when you press in, he comes. When you draw near to him, he draw near, draws near to us. So I'm excited this morning to draw near and to enter into the presence of God. Amen. Well, stand with me this morning. I'm going to read a call to worship out of Romans 8, which was part of our reading this week, if you are reading along with us. It's towards the very end of Romans 8, and I don't know if those who have favorite passages of Scripture, I think Romans 8 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And it ends like this. It says, Romans 8, starting in verse 37. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. All these things. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. What a wonderful way just to focus on who he is and his love for us and who we are because of him. We are more than conquerors because of him, because of his love, because of his goodness to us. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time to be in your presence. Lord, we set aside everything else Lord, we quiet our minds, our thoughts, our emotions, all the things, Lord. We just want to focus on you this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Do what you want to go do. Whether it's to move in power, to move in peace.
talked about the faithfulness of God over the past few weeks during our times of worship. And I woke up this morning with faithfulness again, just ringing through my ears. And he is faithful. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He never leaves nor forsakes. He always loves us all the time. Even when we're not at our best and at our worst. I was walking um, through the Bluffs uh, Park over in Lake City. And the Lord just just saying, do you know how much I love you? And I was like, yeah, I know how much you love me. And he said, more than all the leaves on the trees. And he said, and they grow back all the time. Do you know how many leaves that is? It just keeps coming. And that's the way he loves you. And he's faithful. He's faithful at every moment of your day, of your week. His cross is faithful. His blood is faithful. His body is faithful. Just thank him for his faithfulness. Just take that moment, this moment, all together. Let's just thank him for his faithfulness to us in ways we don't even know. Ways he's taken care of us and protected us and we didn't even know it. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. You're always kind. You're always loving. You're always good to us. Even in your correction, God, we thank you for your faithfulness. You correct us as children, as sons and daughters, whom you love and care for without reserve. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. there's that sweetness that I was hoping for this morning. As I dismiss you to come to the table, the Lord, and to pick up your elements, you're going to circle back around to your seats and you're going to hold on to them so that we can partake together. The middle plate is gluten-free. As I dismiss you to do that, church, I just want to encourage you 
implore you won't you trust in the Lord Jesus this morning won't you talk to him this morning about those things that have been pressing on you about that person or those people that have been tweaking you today or for a while just tell him how you feel Don't try to be something before him. Don't try to be anything in his presence. Be real and be honest in his presence. And then he will meet you and he will pour out his mercy and grace this morning upon you. He will give you direction. If you need wisdom this morning, he's going to give you direction this morning and wisdom on which way to go. If you need peace this morning, he's going to give you peace. If you need healing this morning, he is the healer. If you need provision this morning, he's the God of more than enough, the God of overflow. He fills our cup to overflowing. There's just one thing he needs, and that is your trust. So when we believe on the Lord Jesus, we don't just say some salvation prayer and that's it. Are you really, will, will you really trust in him this morning? Will you really have an honest conversation with him this morning as we take communion together? Will you really press into him? And if the thing that's that's the trouble is him, is your relationship with him, and you're like, God, I don't know why I keep you at arm's length. I don't know why I keep you at a distance. I don't know why I struggle so much to do this week in and week out, man. She stands up there and she's like trying to pull us into your presence and I keep resisting. God, help me. Help me, God. Help me to trust in you. If your issue is that you're struggling to trust in him, then talk to him about it because, oh, he will come in so quickly and he will wrap you up in his presence. He will wrap you up in his arms. Church, trust him this morning. Trust him this morning. As you walk up here and as you as you pick up these elements, as you walk back to your seat, just close your eyes. Don't wait for us to come up here and tell you to do it. Just close your eyes. Just talk to him this morning. Talk to him this morning. You can be dismissed. Come on up. Come on up and let's 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 partake of these elements. Let's let's take them and let's talk to him this morning. Before I read a scripture and we partake, 
Last night, Pastor Andy and Doug and I traded a couple text messages. Actually, this came from Doug, but talked about, he sent me a note about how the early church partake in communion. What did they do in communion? And it was something they did on a very regular basis, at least weekly. Scholars say it was at least weekly, if not more often. That's why Jesus says, as often as you do it in remembrance of me. And I know we take time each service to do communion because there's a partaking in it. There's a, there's a blessing in it. There's a peace in it. There's a healing power in it. There is so much involved in it. And sometimes I wish we would just, that's it, we would just take communion and fellowship together. And it says this, it says, So those who had plenty brought enough for those who had little. And everyone was able to participate. Coupled with this abundant provision was an atmosphere of intense joy. The life, the death, and resurrection of our Lord being remembered, reenacted, and re-experienced. We've said this before, we are bringing forth to today what was done over 2,000 years ago as remembering again today the price that was paid for healing, for transgressions, for it all. There was therefore, because of that, jubilation and gladness. In the bread, in the food, needs were met. And in the wine, joy was expressed. take a moment as Pastor Liz has said just continue to seek him with your heart this morning just have the sense not to rush this morning his sweet presence is here his healing power is here his anointing is here
Just reflect on his faithfulness. You're here for a purpose, for a reason. You're here because of his faithfulness, his love for you. just begin to thank him, even verbally out loud. Father, we just thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you for joy unspeakable, for peace that passes understanding. Thank you for a greater revelation of your love for us this morning. in your presence. Cry out to me, says the Lord, for I give sight to the blind, and I bring life 
where death once reigned. Cry out to me, says the Lord. Thank you. Just take a minute and activate on that word from heaven. Just cry out to him. Father, we just thank you for this time in your presence this morning. We thank you for the sweet communion with you, Lord. Remembering what you've done. Your blood shed for our sins. Your body broken for ours. Father, thank you for the healing power of the cross. of the body and the blood of Jesus. As I was sitting here, what made me stand up is the Lord said, Liz, have you ever seen how, how people get crazy over cruises? Everyone who's been on a cruise, and I don't have a desire to do that, but anyone who's been on they're like crazy about the food. It's all about like the feasts and the food, and there's just, I've never been on one, but I've been one of the, like those all-you-can-eat buffets like down at the beach, and it's mounds of food. It's more food than you can even imagine. And the people, man, they're just so excited about it. And there's only one thing that we can't, we can't gorge on too much and it's him. Yeah, it's man. him, that's it. And he's, when he says, come unto me, church, come unto him. I mean, he is a feast upon feast upon feast upon feast. The grains of sand on the ocean, the leaves on the trees. And he calls us this morning. You are a fool if you do not come into the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was mean. I don't mean to be mean. Yeah. But oh my gosh, like I just feel him here right now, like everything so we need. Everything. I was ready to strangle a couple of my kids before I came up here to take <laughs> communion. It's, it's legit real down there. There's juice being spilled and people being pushed. I just came and just lifted him up to God. There's nothing too small. There's nothing, there's nothing too big this morning. Oh, God, you are so good. Father, I just thank you for the bounty that you offer, the bounty of your presence, God. And 
I step into it today, Lord Jesus. My heart cannot help but rejoice as I see your goodness, Father. Give us eyes to see, Father. We cry out, Lord God, open our eyes to see your mercy, your grace, your provision this morning, God. You long to pour it out on us, God. We open our arms wide and we say yes. We say yes this morning, God. We say yes. We say yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, let's partake together of the bounty and the riches of Christ Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our King. Let's partake this morning. He also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant. God, we step into the new covenant this morning. Lord God, as we partake, as we partake of the cup, we step into the new covenant of grace. Let it flow, God. Let it flow, God, in each one of our lives. God, we need your grace. We need your grace and your mercy. The new covenant of your blood, Father, we partake of it together, Jesus. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's good not to rush things. How many know there? A lot of times good things come to those who wait. Amen live in such a fast-paced culture, we feel like we got to hurry up through everything. Well, there's no hurrying going on this morning. Amen? Amen. We're going to be still and know that He is the Lord. Amen? Well, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. We've got some time to worship still. The altar is open this morning to come forward. There was a word that if God really wanted to do a healing in someone's sinuses this morning, so I just really have this sense that it really is not even needing to be laid hands upon. If that's you, just receive that healing power this morning, that those sinuses will be clear in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to come up here and thank him for it before you even feel it, you're welcome to do that as well. So let's worship him. Cause I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you, God, Lord, I want to see you, Jesus, I want to see you, we want to see you. see you, Lord, I want to see you. 
God was doing in this service, what he wanted to pour out. Um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about um, in John chapter 15, um, how Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. And when we were, when we were dead in our sin, separated from God, we were an enemy of God, not because necessarily we actively hated God, although there are some who do, or actively denied God, although there are some who do, um, but we were just dead in our sin. We were in the economy of the enemy. We were partnered with darkness. We were in darkness. And Jesus came and he is the, 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 uh, the truth, the way and the light, and he brought light. He opened eyes, church. In the gospels, he came and blind eyes were opened and the dead were raised to life. And he called his disciples friends and he calls us friends, but then he went to the cross and he died and he rose again. And then guess what? Guess what we become? We become sons and daughters. Now we're not just friends. Now we're sons and daughters. Yeah. Do you know, I love my kids' friends, but I love my sons and daughters That's on right. a whole nother level. That's right. On a whole nother level because he died and he rose again. Right. And the word said, even when we were in our sin, he loved us and he died for us. So this has nothing to do with us, it has nothing to do with our goodness, it has nothing to do with our works, it has nothing to do with if we're a good parent or a bad parent or a good husband, a good wife, a good person. We step into what he has done and sanctification comes over time. It takes time, church. You're okay. It takes time. It takes time. When you trust in him, it takes time still doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen like magic. He's not a magician. He is our father. Jesus is our friend. And as we spend time with him, as we cry out to him, as we spend time in worship, he begins to change us and mold us and free us 
Changing and molding sometimes doesn't feel fun, but it is really the path to freedom. He's freeing us. When we cry out on on mornings like this, we cry out, we're asking something of God. So as you go this, this week, if things start squeezing you in certain ways that are uncomfortable, don't automatically assume it's an attack. Just take, just, just pause for a second and check. Because if it's an attack, you know what to do. You do ab exercises. You go, get behind me, Satan. Oh, you get behind me, Satan. It's like if you do it enough, you have those days where it's like you have an ab workout. Yeah, and you got to get him. So you, we, you, the Lord promised discernment. And so... I believe this morning that he's going to give you discernment this week to know, is this God growing me? Is there something I need to lay down? Is there something I need to talk to him about, get honest about? Something I need to stop doing, something I need to start doing? And the discernment as to whether that little bit of pressure, that uncomfortable is, is him growing you up or if it's a get behind me Satan moment. That discernment, man, that's just growing up in your walk. And it's not something that ever gets automatic, really. Although the more you practice it, the better, the better you get at it. And as I tell Jairus all the time, the more you work those muscles, the stronger they get. And guess what? It takes time. No one goes to the gym and gets big by magic because they go once a week, right? That you you don't get you don't get strong in your spirit once a week. So it's wonderful to be in the presence of God. He's doing a mighty and good work this morning just by pouring out himself, giving us eyes to see him. Last thing, when we sing that song, I can never help but sing it. I need to see you rightly. Because I don't have to beg him. The song isn't begging. I love the song. It's not begging, God, because we are beggars. We're sons and daughters. If we ask him to give us eyes to see, he will give us eyes to see. So long as we are grown up enough, so long as we can handle it whatever truth that we need to see because he's wise and good so it takes time but I always sing I I start out singing I want to see you rightly but by the end of the song I'm always I always transitioned over I need to see you rightly Jesus I need you I need eyes to see God I just want to close out this time of worship with a reading out of Psalm 51 it says create in me a clean heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. We serve a generous God who is upholding us day in and day out. He upholds us. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning so far, Lord, and all that you're doing and working in our lives. We give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. We thank you for your generous spirit that upholds us day in and day out. In your that we have for you this morning. Uh, the first good thing that we have for you is the Word for You Today devotional. Man, this devotional is awesome. I see it, it you know, at the chiropractor's office. Um, I see it all over the place. We mail some out, uh, a handful of them out. Uh, It's a great devotional to give to people. It's a great devotional uh, to put in bathrooms everywhere. It's a great devotional to put anywhere and to, to, to get us into the Word each day. So the Word for you today, the new one is available on the back table um, and also out in the lobby, so be sure to take one. If ever you want to take 
more than, let's say, three or four, let me know. Um, I, it's no big deal. We love to distribute, right? This is a, it's a ministry of distribution. We don't write it. Our picture's in the front. That's a common confusion. We do not write the devotional. Um, it's, <laughs> well, because our pictures are in the front and our church name, but other churches who, are dist- who, who partner with them in the distribution ministry, their pictures are in the front. Um, so it's really a ministry of distribution. So it's a ministry I wouldn't mind growing, uh, we purchase a certain amount, and we want to make sure we have enough for our church family. But if you want to be a distributor of it, I mean, that's something we can talk about. Okay, that wasn't even in my notes. Jason's doing his beard, so I'm, you know. Okay. Uh, then the next announcement is the financial report for 2021 is available in the lobby at the column. There's column. There's papers in there. This is the financial report from 2021. So if things like this interest you, it's there. Uh, Pastor Jason is really great with these things. He works hard to make the numbers and put them in that report in a way that makes sense, um, that may answer questions, or that makes it all, you know, easy to digest for people who don't follow the numbers. So that is available for you. Um, And the last thing is our missions board. We have, our missions board is finished. If you don't know where that is, I'm about to tell you. It is straight through the lobby where our family room is. It's right across the the street. It's right across from the family room entrance in that foyer. Um, So if you walk straight across and you, to the left is the family room, to the right is the missions board. On that board, on that board is um, newsletters from all the people that we support. ECF supports a lot of great missionaries. Um, Sid did some awesome, you know, slides on everyone that we support, feel free to take down a newsletter, read it, and then put it back up. But if you ever wondered who we support and how we're, how ECF, how this body of believers is partnering to reach the world for Christ, uh, to feed the hungry, to put shoes on the poor, this is how we do it. We partner with people. Um, So check it out. All right. How many ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? Amen. Is my mic on? How many of you guys ready to worship the Lord with our giving? Amen. All right. I love it. We are a giving church. Amen. This is a giving church, a life-giving church, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, group of generous givers. Amen. Generous givers here. We love you guys. We appreciate everything that you guys sacrifice um, and give out of pure joy and pleasure. Amen? Amen. The scripture I have for, um, for offering today is out of Romans 12. One, remember I've said I was going to try to pull as many scriptures out of Romans as we can. Um, and it's Romans 12. One, maybe just a little preview for next week as I heard a birdie told me that Pastor Andy may have, have a message planned for the beginning of uh, Romans 12. Somewhere around there, you'll have to figure out exactly where it is, but it's Romans 12, 1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And when I read that, it just really popped out at me. Like God is calling us to present ourselves, to present our bodies as living sacrifices. How much more so should we sacrifice in the financial realm and say, Lord, 
all I have, all of me is yours, which means all of my finances is yours, all my relationship is yours, Lord. Just a living sacrifice in every area of our life. And the Lord loves a generous, cheerful giver. Amen? So let's pray over our offering today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you just call us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice because we just are modeling what you did for us, Lord. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we are at your service, that we are just distribution centers of all the things that you have given us. Lord, that we are here for a period of time, however long you call us, on this earth, Lord, but we don't get to take anything with us. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we can distribute as you lead, as you guide, Father God, to expand your kingdom. And, Father, we thank you for these things in your precious, precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, I got two quick testimonies to share, and they're both about sports. Can I get an amen from someone? Yes. A lot of amens from those who love sports. Uh, but if you didn't notice when you pulled into the lobby today, we have our basketball hoop up. It is up, so I just want to thank Pastor Andy and Don for digging a very, very large hole. Thank you for Tammy for helping coordinate and getting it and purchasing it and getting it in here for us. But I believe the hole was like 16 by 16 by 4 feet deep. Think about a hole that's 4 feet deep, straight down. And so these guys dug this hole out, poured the concrete in, and we got that hoop up. And all throughout the week, I hear the ball. The school's using it. I was using it after, after uh, school one day with Jairus. We were shooting, playing hoops. And then I'm sure even in the evenings, as those who live close could probably attest, they hear the basketball dribbling. And so really the heart behind that is just to bring people to this place, to, to be a blessing to the community, to bless the youth and the kids and the adults, all who want to play basketball and make a connection in a time of community together. And the second one is this. we got a softball team, guys. We got a softball team. Uh, our team name is the Bearded Batters. Uh, it's not required to have a beard to play on the team. Uh, we laughed about that a little bit, but we have our first game tomorrow night. So if at some time around 6.30 or so, you are feeling led to pray for the 16 men of this church who are about to take the field and do physical activity that probably most of us have not done in a long time, you should go ahead and get on your knees immediately and begin to pray for us. So we are looking forward. Game one is next or is Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, again, you guys are invited to support us as well. If you are interested in coming, bring a long chair. The, the first game, there's, we play in two different locations. The first game tomorrow is going to be up at uh, Erie First Assembly. It's, there's a field behind the Summit Building, so Erie First is here. The summit is to the left of the building if you're looking at it, and the field is down, uh, down the hill below uh, the summit building. So you're welcome to uh, come and root us, root us on and, and join us in our, yes, in prayer, <laughs> mostly as we, as we move forward as our softball team. Amen. Okay, uh, open your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 19. I told you guys this week we're going to be talking uh, somewhere between Romans 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I think I had mentioned earlier, Romans 8 is one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible. And so I almost, I basically skipped Romans 4, 5, 6, and 7, and I just read Romans 8. And I'm like, Lord, 
what do you want me to share out of Romans 8? I'm so excited. And I read it, and I was just like, mm. I read it again. Mm. Lord's like, you skipped what I want you to talk about. I was like, come on. So I had to go back, and I started reading back in Romans uh, chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, and we're going to put those two things together. Uh, and really, I feel like the Lord was just wants to minister to us something this morning. In fact, we've kind of already talked about it. But the purpose of this series, we're just doing it for four weeks. As I said, Pastor Andy's going to do it next week. I'll come up and wrap up the following week, uh, the end of Romans. It's to encourage you just to pick up the Bible, to read a chapter of Romans each day, and to ask the Lord, what is it? What is it, Lord, that you would have for me in this passage of Scripture? And so this message this morning is exactly me doing that and now just presenting it back to you. I literally, like I read chapter 8, I was like, what is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? He's like, nothing. So I went back and I began to read it. And the Lord just hit me with something. He said, I want you to talk about this. And this is the title of the message. How to be content in every circumstance. I was like, Lord. It's like... Does the congregation know that I struggle with this? This is like one of my struggles. I mean, everyone has struggles. I've got quite a few struggles. You can ask my family. But this is like one of my biggest struggles. How to be content in every circumstance. And as I was reading it, I just really felt like the Lord said, there in the scripture, God has just ways that he reveals to us and shows us how to actually do these things that he's asking us to go do. So part of my introduction, however many heard of Maverick City, uh, the, worship, the worship band Maverick City, they have a song called Jira. And Jira, for those that know, is one of God's names as God is our provider. Jehovah Jira, my provider. And as, I, as the Lord was speaking to me, one of, the, one of the verses in the actual song is, and I will be content in every circumstance. I will be content in every circumstance. And I just was just like, man, Lord, that is, that's for all of us. We, no matter our personality, those who maybe get more frustrated at things quicker or have more patience than others and all the things, but we actually can have contentment in every circumstance. But as we said earlier, the sanctification process is what? A process. <laughs> and I, you might not leave here and be content on the way home in every circumstance in your life, but this is a process of learning that, growing in that. What does the word say about it, and how can we grow in this area? This word content means to be satisfied, to be satisfied, to have peace. How many of us would like to be satisfied and have peace no matter the circumstance? I was, I was really taken back... Uh, if you read or if you watch this video, it's of Heidi Baker and the missionary uh, stuff and work that she had done in Africa. And I think it's called Mama Heidi or something like that. But the title doesn't matter. You don't even have to go look it up. But what absolutely shocked me is to see the children in this orphanage with smiles on their faces, with the joy of the Lord all over them. And they had learned to be content in every circumstance. And I watched, I said, Lord, can I be like that too? They, have no, they barely have anything. A lot of times they don't even know where their next meal is coming from. But they have this sense, you can see it on their faces. 
this joy and contentment no matter the circumstance that they're in. And the Lord just said to me, that is available to everyone who accepts me and who calls on my name. I said, well, Lord, show me how to do that. And he did. So chapter 4, chapter 4 in Romans, starting in verse 19. I'm going to read through the end uh, here until uh, the beginning of chapter 5, and then we'll stop and we'll get into the, the how-tos of this. It says this. Now we have to remember, this is Paul writing Romans. And many of you guys know of the Apostle Paul's story, but he was beaten, he was stoned, he was whipped, he was put in prison, he was flogged, he was all the things that most of us have never experienced. And yet he speaks over and over about he is able to find contentment in every circumstance, whether he is prospering or whether he is in poverty, no matter what it is. Now we know the Lord doesn't call us to poverty, but we also know that the Lord says that we can be content in every circumstance that we have. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. This is talking about Abraham, this is Paul Speaking to the Roman church, he is giving the account of Abraham and the faith that Abraham had. Not being weak in faith, did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Think about that for a minute. God had told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. The father of many nations. The dude now is like a hundred years old. He's like, what are you kidding me? How is it that I'm going to be able to be a father of many nations? But you have to understand that faith, this faith that Abraham had was that God would fulfill the promise that he gave him. He had contentment in that circumstance because he was trusting that the word that the Lord had given him would come to pass. Not the way he thought it might happen, not the way you might think it might happen, not the way I might think it may happen, but it would come to, bat, to pass in God's perfect timing and in his way. Verse 20, it says, He, Abraham, did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but it was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. If any of you battle or have doubt and unbelief, this is a whole separate message, but part of that formula on, on how to work on that is right there. He didn't waver, which means he knew God's will. He rejected fear. And he knew, and he knew, and he knew, and he believed in God's love. Whole other message. We'll do that another day. Verse 21. And being fully convinced, being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham was fully he, he, was, he was fully convinced, I guess that's the word that they use. That's the best word for it. He was fully convinced that what God said would come to pass. How many of you are here today, are you fully convinced that what he has written in here will come to pass? We have to be fully convinced. We have to believe God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do. It's the basis, and I'm not even getting to the steps of being content yet, but it's the basis of understanding this content. We have to believe that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. 
Because when storms come and waves come and challenges come, many of us, including myself, quickly forget some of the promises that God has said. Right? Come on. We're all in this category. This all happens to each of us. When did that happen? What, what are you talking about? I can't, I can't believe that's happening to me. How many have ever said that? I can't believe that's happening to me. I'll tell you a funny story of what happened to me this week. Anytime I preach on something, the Lord challenges me so graciously and gently with the things that I'm preaching on. And he did that for me this week, and I'll share that with you in a minute. He was fully convinced that God is able. Abraham was fully convinced that God is able. He didn't look at his circumstance. He was content saying, I'm going to stand in faith on what God had said. Does that mean that he never had a thought that said, hmm, I'm like a hundred here. You bet he did. Come on, he's human, right? He's not Jesus. This is Abraham. Verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him or credited to him, but also for us. Verse 24. But also for us. Think about that. The ability to have faith and to stand on the promises was not just for Abraham, the father of many. It is for us, for those who have come to know him. It shall be imputed to us also who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Not just for Abraham, but for us. So how do we live this out? How can we be content in every circumstance, let's start reading in Romans 5, verse 1. And we'll stop after each, each verse and give the point for the message. It says, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been justified by faith. So the very first point here that I see that the Lord has just spoken out in here says, we must believe that God loves us. We must believe that God loves us. If you can't believe that God loves you, that is one of the very first things you need to continue working on in a path to being able to be content in every circumstance. You have to believe that no matter what is happening around you, God loves you. No matter what mistake you may have done that have caused your circumstance that you're in, God loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son to die for you. God loves you so much that no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation, God loves you. And I believe we cannot be content until we get that revelation first and foremost. We can't. It's why the world can't be content. They can't, no matter what they have, the, the material things, the cars, the houses, the health care, the this, the that, they cannot be content because they haven't understand, they can't grasp yet the revelation that God loves them. Part of that song I was mentioning, Jaira, by Maverick City, another line says, it goes something like this, it says, you have never been more loved than you are right now. Think about that. To every one of you this morning, you have never been more loved than you are right now. You say, but you don't understand what I've done. You've never been more loved than you are right now. God's love for you is not conditional. God's love for you is unchangeable, and it is he loves you, and he cares for you, and he's with you, and the word says that he is always with you. He will never leave you 
he will never forsake you. You've never been loved more than you are right now. If you remember nothing, remember the song, go look it up, and then that verse will repeat over and over throughout the song. But the very first key to being content in every circumstance is understand that God loves you. The way we understand that God loves us, we have to accept Jesus. The Bible says there's no greater love than this, than one who would lay down his life for us. You talk about love. I love a lot of you guys. I love all of you. To lay down one's life. God did that for you, for me. You talk about love. And to understand that love and get that on the inside of our heart, it allows us to begin to have the sense that I can be content in every circumstance, no matter what happens, no matter what is occurring because of what I did or what someone else did or whatever it is and it's raining and I wish we have our first softball game and that it wasn't raining, I can be content because I know that God loves me. He cares for me. And if he is for me, then who can be against me? We can have peace through him today. It says in Philippians 4, 6, I don't have this on the screen, I'm just going to read this. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We have to know that we can cast these cares to him, that he cares for us, because he loves us. So that first thing of being content is to believe that God loves us. Verse 2, Romans 5, 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So to be content in every circumstance, not only do we have to know that he loves us, but we have to what? We have to stand and rejoice. You mean no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. Yes, if we want to be content in that circumstance, then we have to stand and we have to rejoice. So what do you mean by stand? We have to stand on the promises of God. We have to understand the promises, know the promises, and stand on the promises. Because when you're standing on the promises, you're standing on a firm foundation, and those who build their house on the rock, what happens when the wind and the waves come? Mm. Doesn't knock it down. Stays firm, stays strong. This is a total side note, not in my notes, but I believe that we had Maggie May's uh, preschool graduation this week as she finishes preschool, and there was like this list of things that uh, either she, she had mentioned or said or what she liked or didn't like, and the one question was something about, what did you learn this year? And it was like that someone built their house on the sand. This is what Maggie May, our four-year-old, took away from pre-K, that someone built their house on the sand. Now, I'm hoping that she remembers the other part, that that's not what we're supposed to do, but to build our house on the rock, on the rock of Jesus, on the rock of the word, that we have to stand on those promises in order for us to be content in those circumstances. And the second part is not just we stand, we have to rejoice. Like, well, I don't want to rejoice. I I know! Sometimes we're in circumstances and I don't want to rejoice either. Well, what do you mean by rejoice? You mean I have to jump up and down and sing, happy, 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 God loves me. And I'm, well, you could 
if that's your personality, or if you're like me, you have to be like, all right, Lord, I am going to find even just one thing in this situation that I can stand on that shows me that you love me and you care for me. I'm going to find one blessing. I'm going to not look at the circumstance that's happening, and I'm going to look at my family. I'm going to remember my wife. I'm going to remember my kids. Lord, you are so faithful. You are so good to me. And you begin to rejoice by finding something God has already done in your life, and that's sitting right in front of you, and it begins to take your eyes off of the circumstance and onto his goodness and onto his faithfulness, and you begin to rejoice even in the midst of a circumstance in which you could never be content on your own. You're just like, boom. You got to laser focus this thing. You got to put all the other stuff aside and say, just find one thing. Just, and, and the best thing to do is when you are like feeling, oh, God loves me and cares for me, write those things down so that when the challenge comes, you open up that notebook or that note on your phone that says, here it has how good God has been to me, how good his faithfulness is to me. Look at the testimony of Jesus in my life. And you begin to remember and reflect and you begin to rejoice even in the circumstance that you're in. So we must stand and we must rejoice. And remember that Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And many times the Lord has asked me, I'm like, you know, I'm always just like, well, Lord, I have to provide for my family. Lord, I have to provide for my family. And I'm, I'm not content in the circumstance. And Lord, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We got all these kids. We got colleges. We got weddings. And well, I mean, we got seven girls and the, the parents of the girls are supposed to pay for the weddings. And what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do that? And the Lord constantly reminds me, one, he says, don't worry about money. But then two, he says, look in the mirror and tell me who's the provider. Yeah. Because I'm getting discontent in my circumstance or in my finances or this or that or whatever it might be. And I stand there and I look in the mirror and I say, that guy I'm looking at, he's got a nice beard. But the guy I'm looking at is not the provider. He's not the provider. And the Lord reminds me, he says, I'm your provider. So rejoice that I'm your provider because I, the Lord, have the resources on a thousand hills, all the cattle, everything you need, he has access to, and it's his. And so if we're part of his family, and if you accepted Jesus, and you are, and you're his son and daughter, and he is your father, then he is the provider. Not your own effort, not your own strength. So we must actively find and point out the blessings in the midst of the circumstance that we're in. My only point here, my only last point here before we get to verse 3 is don't compare. Don't compare what God has done for you to what he is doing in somebody else's life. This, that's not a point on the screen or anything, but if, if you can just write that down separate. It is the absolute way to the quickest way to discontentment is to begin to compare and to covet what somebody else has. So fat. You can get there like this. You see a Tesla go by, mm. can't believe it. I don't have a Tesla, I love that car, I've always wanted that car, I've been praying for that car for a long time. Right, boom, all of a sudden you're, you're discontent with your Ford Focus, that's me, right? Driving in my Ford Focus, it's shifting kind of heavy, like what's wrong with this car? And then the Tesla pulls up, I'm like, man, 
And all of a sudden, just like that, I'm discontent with the Ford Focus. It's a nice car. There's nothing wrong with it. And I have to remind myself, Lord, I will not covet the Tesla. I won't covet the house. I won't covet anything. But I will be content in my circumstances. Lord, and then I begin to thank him for the Ford Focus. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that this Ford Focus is working. It's operational, and it may shift a little funny sometimes, and it may seem like it's stuttering or not going to go, but it's going. Amen? And I'm content in the circumstance that I have. Verse 3. This is where it gets tough. Well, for me. (laughs) And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Man, like... I'm working on being content when everything's going well. You mean I got to try to be content even in the tribulation? Even in the challenges that life brings forward? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Oh, I hate that word. Come on, guys. Like, that's a word that's hard for the flesh. Perseverance. Like, nobody wants to per. That's hard to do. So here's what I wrote down. I said, we must expect the unexpected... But know there is a purpose. Now when I'm saying expect the unexpected, I don't mean you expect something bad to happen and walk around, oh, I just want, can't wait to see what's going to happen next. It's going to be terrible. But what I'm saying is this, and this has been my challenge, is I expect everything to go perfectly all the time. I don't know how, how many of you are in this situation. Maybe I'm preaching to myself again. But, like, I wake up with this expectation that everything is going to go perfectly well. And a lot of that's, hey, you got to have faith, you got to have hope. But what happens when something doesn't go exactly like I think it should, I'm just like, oof, like somebody just punched me in the face. And I'm just like, why do, why? So, here, okay, here's my example. Here's my challenge. It's a funny one. It's a silly one. I believe it was Wednesday morning. I think it was Wednesday morning. And... The kids had to go to school, uh, no, it was Tuesday morning. They had to have all this dress up. They had to have all these things on. There was, it wasn't speech meet. It was vocab day. They had all this stuff. And we thought we had everything ready the night before. So my expectation sending the kids to vocab day, which they're going to all be dressed up and have all these props and all these things, that everything was ready. And I could just wake up on Tuesday morning and stroll through the morning with no challenges. Yeah. What a bad expectation that was. And so we wake up, and all of a sudden, it's just like, well, this doesn't fit right. And then one of my daughters came up to me. He's like, well, I need those toy horses for the vocab parade. I'm like, what do you mean the toy horse? We've been talking about the toy horses for like a month. What do you mean you don't know where they are? Well, I can't find them. Well, we're leaving for school in 15 minutes. Where have you looked? So now I'm tearing through the house looking for toy horses, right? And I'm getting discontent in my circumstance, right? I'm going through. I go down in the basement. Our storage area is a mess. I'm so upset at it. How many storage areas have that you guys are a mess, okay? And I'm looking. I can't find the horse. I'm moving boxes. I want to throw things out of the way. I'm like, where are the toy horses? Can't find them. Can't do it. Can't find them. What I did find was a water leak in the basement. So apparently the drain is backed up and my dehumidifier and my air conditioner, which is dehumidifying the air, is just spilling water all over the basement floor. Well, that's not very helpful. So now I see the, the, the water. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now, praise God, 
if I would have seen the blessing in the circumstance because she didn't find the horses, led me to go downstairs so I could see the water leak and then I could address the water leak before it got any worse. But do you think that's where my mind was? Yeah, heck no. Not only can't I find the horses, now I got a water leak. So now I'm ripping through the house, I'm yelling at kids, I'm looking for this. I am like, this is my message. It's already in process. I know what I'm speaking on this Sunday, today. I'm like, Lord, help me, help me. And so I'm walking out into the garage. We finally find the horses by the grace of God through prayer, fasting, and everything else. I found the horses, which were right by the water leak, by the way. That's right where they were. Like the Lord was showing me where the horses was, but I couldn't see that. And I'm walking down the steps and down in the garage with my big, heavy work bag on. has my computer and everything else. For whatever reason, the strap just snaps right now. And boom, 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 boom. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And so the Lord was like, why do you expect that everything is going to work perfectly all the time? The Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. So our expectations have to be to a sense that, look, there will be some trouble. Don't set yourself up, Jason, to fail every single day, expecting everything to go perfectly all the time. But know that it is for a purpose. Know that the trial and the tribulation, the thing that you're going through is for a purpose. Because God says he does what? He works all things together for good. For those of, all things includes the trouble. It includes the trouble. It includes looking for the horses. It includes the fight with the spouse. God can take these things and work them and mold them and shape them and begin to work inside your life. Know that these are for a purpose. John 16 says this, these things I have spoken to you. It's not on there, 1633. These things I have spoken to you in me that you may have peace. Through Jesus we have peace, because in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Trouble, cheerful. What's in between? Jesus. It's the only thing that, that takes is the ability to take something that's troubling, and we can walk out through that being cheerful. We said earlier, the purpose, God's purpose in all this is wholeness for us. We say it all the time, the goal is whole. And the goal is whole. And guess what? Every, in order for us to be whole, we have to go through circumstances to show us where we're not whole. And so these circumstances and tribulations and tests and temptations which come from the, from the devil and testing which comes from the Lord and tribulations come because we live in this world, all those three T's, the tests, the tribulations, and the trials, coming because there is a way for God to reveal to us where we are growing in and where the Lord wants us to grow in. This goal is whole. How many know growth is painful? Right? They call growing pains growing pains because they're painful. What I want you to remember this morning is there's many times, and I'm not going to go into the sovereignty of God and go through what that means and what that looks like. Maybe we'll do that sometime. But there are many times where you cannot change what's happening to you but you can change what's happening in you and how you respond to that. Verse 4, and it goes on. It says, not just perseverance, but character. And not just character, hope. Which to me says this is a process. It means a process. Not just perseverance, but these things develop character in us. 
And when we begin to develop the character that God has for us, we begin to operate even more so in hope. So when we have a trial or a tribulation or a test, it's like, Lord, there's a purpose in this. Walk me through it by the grace of God with your help because I want to build a godly character and I want to see hope on the other side. So this, the, the point here for verse 4 is we must embrace the change and not give up. Now mine was easy not to give up on Wednesday, or Tuesday morning. I actually got the kids to school. I didn't give up. We found the horses. My computer wasn't broken. The car worked. We got all the things was fine. But the Lord is reminding us this morning, don't reject the change that God wants to produce in your life through a test or through a tribulation that you're going through. We have to embrace and say, Lord, show me what you want me to do in this situation. Lord, refine in me, create in me a clean heart. Remove the things that need removed. Because how many of you know, when you fail a test, they give it to you again in school. If you fail the driver's test, you can't drive until you take the test again. And the same thing with the Lord and how he operates in this world. He wants us whole. He wants goodness and hope and character for us. And so sometimes if we don't learn something from the test or the trial we're in, guess what? You get to go through it again. And you get to go through it again. And you're just like, oh. Well, that's encouraging to me to say, you know what? I'm going to learn from this one this time. And I want to work through this so that I can be content in every circumstance. One thing that's constant in life is change. Change is constant. Seems like it happens all the time, every day. And I was talking to maybe this Pastor Andy, we laughed. Everybody likes change if they initiate it. Y'all like change when you initiate it. Like, I'm going to change my bathroom towels. I'm sick of those yellow ones. I'm going to put some blue ones in. You're like, hmm, I like that change. That looks good. That matches the curtains and all. And you like that change. But when someone else changes something, or when God wants you to change something in your life, sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't want to, right? How many of you do the I don't want to change thing, right? It's like our kids do that all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to clean up the kitchen. I don't want to, right? A lot of times God, when he's operating in our lives, we have to embrace this change. We have to not give up because change is constant in life, and it comes whether we want it or not. Verse 5, now hope does not disappoint. So if you look at that building upon itself, it's this perseverance, this character. Now, hope, hope does not disappoint because the love of God, back where we started with, the love of God, he loves you and cares for you, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We must have hope for tomorrow. To be content in every circumstance, you have to do all these other things, but you have to also begin to have a hope for tomorrow. We have to live in today and have faith for today, but you can't stay stuck in the current circumstance that you're in and believe that it will never change. We must walk in the hope, what the Bible says, and the promises that he has for us for the future. A better tomorrow. There are stories that we have read and that Pastor Liz has read. We've talked about of those who have survived these absolute terrible situations like concentration camps and being prisoners of war. Do you know the one thing that's in common with all of them is that they had hope. They had hope 
that their situation would change someday. And those who didn't make it were those who put a date or a target on when that would change. We're going to get out by Friday. And Friday would come and they would lose hope. And we're going to get out by this day. We're going to get out by that day. If you notice, the Lord doesn't put timelines on the promises in the Bible, but he gives you the promise. And you say, Lord, I don't know of the timing of the situation that you're going to take me through, how long I'm going to be through it, but I trust in you and my hope is in you that I will get through it because of you and because of how good you are whenever, Lord, that that actually happens. And we have to be able to reflect on the hope that God has for us for tomorrow. Jake, if you want to come back up here. I want to close with this. It's not a point up. But I'll tell you a little trick that I do when I become discontent in my circumstance. I believe the Lord through this scripture, he's telling us to have this, have, you know, believe that God loves us, stand and rejoice, know that it's for a purpose, embrace this change, hope for tomorrow, all these things. But one of the biggest keys that I've been able to find in getting through having contentment in situations is praying in the Spirit. It's just like, because my mind and my thoughts are, woo! Like sometimes they've gone too far, and Pastor Jason talked about some scripture in Romans 5 or something about how to be content. I can't find my notes. I don't know what it was. I don't know what he said. I don't know any of this. But what happens is when we begin to pray in the Spirit, when we begin to pray in the Spirit, we don't, we're not even talking from our mind anymore, but we're speaking in our spirit, our spirit to God's spirit. And we begin to speak in that prayer language, and he just begins to remind us and to encourage us to equip us and to show us his goodness and his faithfulness. And we don't know what to say, but he provides the words when we utter in the Spirit. It says in Romans 8, I had to do something on Romans 8. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When we begin to pray in our prayer language, we begin to put aside all of our thoughts, all of our rationale, and we begin to align ourselves with his will. And we begin to see the circumstance and the situation that we're in. And we see it through his eyes. And we can be content in that circumstance. Just bow your heads this morning. I want to pray for each of us to really receive this word from the Lord today that we can truly be content in every circumstance. And as I pray over you guys, I'm going to actually pray a couple verses in Romans 8 because I think it will solidify this morning. His goodness, his faithfulness, and his love towards you 
which is the foundation of being content in every circumstance. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray this word back to you, Lord. We're thanking you for it. We speak it and pray over every person in this church today, everyone listening online or listening to it later, Lord. Lord, we know and we thank you that you work all things together for those who love you and those who are called according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you that your word says, what then shall we say to these things, these things that are in our life, Lord? You show us that if you are for us, then who can be against us? Lord, we thank you that you did not spare your own son, but delivered him up for us. And so, Lord, that you have freely given us all things. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that in all these things we are more than conquerors through you because you love us. And Lord, we are persuaded this morning by your Holy Spirit that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We receive that this morning. Amen and amen. Guys, as we close, we're going to have some prayer teams that are up here. If you have prayer for anything in your life, if you never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want more information on that or you want to pray with somebody regarding that, these prayer teams will be up here. They'll be able to pray with you, talk with you, encourage you, and just really be a blessing to you. So as we just close, let me just say this blessing over you guys today. Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness and goodness. We thank you that you love us and care for us. Father, we thank you that the peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Have a wonderful afternoon.